Welcome to Centric Lab's first audio mini-series, Planetary Dysregulation, Capitalism and Healthcare. From Centric Lab, we are Josh and Aracelli, and are joined by Guppy Bola and Rihanna Osborne. Guppy is a strategist, researcher and expert in public health. She is also co-founder of Decolonizing Economics, which is building a solidarity economy movement rooted in racial justice. Rhiannon is a soon-to-be doctor, researcher, and organizer, working across access to medicines, climate justice, abolition, and mutual aid. The intention of this audio project is to discuss the links between systems and imaginations rooted in supremacy, the dysregulation of planetary systems, and the poor health outcomes being experienced by peoples who are racialized and minoritized. We also aim to dismantle the individualized health narrative propagated by Western medicine, as it has been used to blame people for their poor health, which helps propagate health injustice. As we go through the audio story, we'll be using certain linguistic baselines. First, nature and all living beings are referred to in a plural form, as we are all ecosystems. We are all plural. Second, is the use of the letter S at the end of words such as knowledges is to signify that indigeneity is not a monolith and holds mutual cultures and multiple cultures, thoughts and knowledges. It also is inclusive of non-human knowledges. This mini-series is across four episodes. In this first episode, we'll be focusing on definitions within the topic. In episode two, there'll be an introduction to the epistemologies of supremacy and how health became individualized. Episode 3 explores how capital systems affect healthcare systems and the erasure of indigenous healing imaginations. The series will end with episode 4, which will focus on how the right to pollute policies contribute to planetary dysregulation. In this episode, Araceli Camargo will be providing a working definition of health, breaking down the factors of planetary dysregulation and the physiological links to health. In this episode, we're going to start with What is healing? Healing is a spiritual, physical, and mental practice and process. As a practice, it requires attentive and dedicated time and space. As a process, it is happening on a moment-to-moment basis, such as when we take in a deep breath. When we take a deep breath, we are engaging our anti-inflammatory responses, allowing us to repair tissues and cells in our body. Healing replenishes, nourishes, and repairs our entire sense of beingness. Healing is also ecological, requiring us to not just take in a deep breath, but to take in a clean breath. Of fresh air. It requires access to a calm and safe space for deep sleep. It requires social justice so we no longer face the trauma and stress of discrimination. Healing is kinship and mutualistically symbiotic with all living beings. In creating a garden, for example, we nourish the local biodiversity but we are also ingesting vital microbes that will travel to our guts to fortify our immune systems and lower our stress hormones. We are also in the sun, seemingly 
seamlessly absorbing and processing vitamin D for the nourishment of our bones, our digestion system, our cardiovascular systems, and our endocrine systems. This healing practice rooted in the land regenerates all of our systems, but equally we're giving back to the land and contributing to their healing processes. This is kinship. Healing is also interrelational and dependent on our social infrastructures. Whether it is a parent healing a child or a community coming together to feed its own peoples. Healing is abundant. Every time we take a breath, we are healing. Every time we interact with a loved one, we are healing. And every time we come in and stand with our communities, we are healing. When we are in kinship with all living beings, we are healing. So now we're going to move to the definition of planetary dysregulation. We at Centric prefer the terminology planetary dysregulation over climate change because conceptually speaking, we are able to digest planetary dysregulation better than we are climate change because it's such a humongous and nebulous concept. So this is our working definition. Planetary dysregulation is being defined as the impaired ability of planetary systems to maintain the process required for self-regulation, particularly due to unsustainable exploitation of ecosystems and chronic exposure to industrial contamination. Okay, (laughs) that's a mouthful. So let's break this down. Number one, in the generation of capital, it requires land. And I mean capital T, capital L, the land, which in turn pollutes and dries out our waterways. It changes the composition of our soil, right, as as extraction is happening, as pollution is coming into that soil which in turn affects the biodiversity both in quantity and in quality, which then changes the microclimates in a specific area. Those microclimates could be then a change to a local ecosystem like a wetland. And wetlands, as we know, are very important nodes in the overall planetary system. So when we are destroying locally, we are also destroying globally. And that's one of the first tenets of planetary dysregulation is that it starts at the local level, at the local biodiversity level, because everything is interconnected. The second thing to understand is that this definition allows us to see climate change starts with the byproducts of the generation of capital. So the contamination directly polluting our waterways, our air, our soil. The extraction. Extraction completely changes the composition of our soils and destroys directly biodiversity. And of course, the process then of mass production, which includes the transport 
of goods and services, how that puts a strain and a burden into our ecosystem. And in fact, changing their beingness. So a river no longer is a river that is there to sustain fish and algae and reeds and birds and then deer and us, this beautiful multi-systemic ecosystem, their beingness then is taken away and is just seen as a transport hub. So capital and the generation of capital very much changes our relationship to our non-human kin. Finally, we are better able to digest what climate change is as a phenomena, which in turn allows us to better strategize community-led solutions. So if we understand that climate change actually starts with these building blocks of contamination, then we know that when we are fighting for clean air, we are actually fighting to end the process of capital-led climate change. To further our justice lexicon and knowledges, it is important that we learn the physiological links between planetary dysregulation and poor health outcomes. So as we all take our respective race to run, whether we're running it as social justice, as health justice, as environmental justice, as abolition, prison abolition, we are using common lexicons to help us move through these journeys more effectively. And one of them is understanding that link between planetary dysregulation and human health, planetary health, and also non-human kin health. So the first is a very direct impact, which means that when a person experiences an extreme weather event, whether it be a hurricane, flooding, or the eruption of a volcano, etc., there is a trauma that comes with that physical, personal experience which post-event can lead to PTSD, depression, and anxiety. They are also exposed to hazardous toxins. So for example, in the case of fires, everything that the fire burns, especially in a capitalist society where we have so many toxic chemicals in our homes and our cars All of that gets burned and all of that then are toxins that we are breathing in, but also our non-human kin are breathing in. The second is more indirect. So again, because of the type of society that we have and that we live in, when you're after the weather event, you might lose your home. That puts you in a acute financial burden that also has a ramification into our both mental and physical health. There is also the continual exposure to contamination as another indirect pathway. So for example, when we're thinking about air pollution, it affects us because yes, it comes into our bodies, it floods our entire system, so our tissues, our cells, because it comes into our bloodstream. But it also has another more systemic effect that when we experience it, 
especially when it's in, in an acute scenario, such as a landfill site that opens up in our backyard. We know that that is harming our body. We know it's harming the bodies and the lives of our neighbors, of our community, of our children, of our family. That experience in itself, especially when then you are also gaslit and not being listened to, is another source of structural violence and trauma. And so when you're combining both the lived experience of air pollution and the physiological experience of air pollution, you create this cacophony of stress and stress points that dysregulates our systems, our, our biological systems, leading the pathways to diseases such as diabetes, obesity, and mental health issues. The third pathway is through the microbiome. So as we already said, the air, the soil, the water is contaminated. That means these micro colonies of bacteria and viruses that are needed to sustain our own systems as we are ingesting them as we're in the environment, they die off. Therefore, we are not ingesting them, which means that our own microbiome bacteria becomes less diverse. That lack of diversity, as we are beginning to understand, is also at the root of the multiple diseases that we see um, again, the diabetes, the obesity and cancers, as well as depression and anxiety and, and those mental health issues. So when we are talking about human health, we are also talking about the health, directly the health of our land, the health of the soil. It starts from the ground up. It starts on the land. <laughs>